open. I want to go, I want to go back to our opening scripture, Psalms 138. And for consideration of time, I'm not going to read uh, the entire eighth verses. They have already been read. But let's just read verse number seven and verse number eight. You will find in Psalms 138, verse seven, it says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Verse eight, the Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Amen. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. I want to talk to you all. I want to talk to you all just for a few minutes or as the spirit leads here today from the subject matter, what to do when you are surrounded by trouble. What to do when you are surrounded by trouble. Verse seven again, he says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, I want to know what to do when you are surrounded by trouble. Well, it has been said that trouble will either bring out the best in us or bring out the worst. And of course, without question, serious trouble in our lives serves as a test to see how we will respond. When you look at Psalms 138, and I'm going to preach the text, so keep your Bibles open. But when you look at Psalms 138, the heading identifies David as its author. However, the occasion in his life that prompted its writing is unknown. He says only that he was surrounded by trouble. You notice he said in verse 2 as well, he said, I will worship towards thy holy temple. And that suggests that David was away from Jerusalem when he wrote Psalms, verse number two. And so some commentators think this indicates that uh, David composed Psalms 138 early in his reign while he was in Hebron. And so the Psalm probably grew out of the opposition of the neighboring nations when David became king of united Israel, because the statement that we read in verse one, where he says, before the gods will I sing praise unto thee, verse one really supports this opinion. Another possibility is that David wrote Psalms 138 during Absalom's rebellion. And for his own safety, David was forced to flee uh, uh, Jerusalem after Absalom turned many of the people 
against him. So supporting uh, this opinion is also verse 2, which is in reference to Psalms 5 and 7, which was written during uh, that time. But either of these settings would be would put the writing of Psalms 138 doing a time when David was facing overwhelming trouble. And so his response to this trouble is far more significant for us than its specific occasion. Look what David does. David praised the Lord. He sought his glory and declared his confidence in him. And as a result, his prayer serves as an inspiration, encouragement, and example for us when we must deal with difficult challenges. Following David's example will help us be certain that trouble brings out the best and not the worst in us. It doesn't matter how saved you are, how sanctified you are, and how close you are to God, you need to understand that all of us will experience a time of trouble. Fact of the matter is, Jesus declared himself, he said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. But then he turns around and said, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. And so when you look at Psalms 138, amen, he would, David is trying to tell us what to do when we are surrounded by trouble. Well, when I look at the eight verses, when you glance at verses one through three, David, first of all, will simply tell us to make a renewed commitment to praise the Lord wholeheartedly. I'm going to say it again. Number one, David would tell us to make a renewed commitment to praise the Lord wholeheartedly. And then when you glance at verses four through six, Number two, he would tell us to pray for God's coming kingdom. Yes, pray for God's coming kingdom. And then when you look at the latter verses, the verses that I read, verse seven and eight, he would let you know that it is very important that you acknowledge your confidence in the Lord. Can I preach this text hurriedly here today? Because when you go back to verses one through three, David said, you got to make a renewed commitment to praise the Lord wholeheartedly. Because during trouble, David renewed his commitment to praise the Lord. He determined to praise God with his whole heart, that is, that is with his full attention, as well as with all his emotions and strength. Look what he says, look what he says. In verse one, David says, lift him up before the so-called gods of this world. And so David pledged, David pledged to sing the Lord's praises before the gods. 
the little G-O-D-S's. You see, David, David was promising to lift the Lord before the so-called gods of the Lord, of the world. Whenever the opportunity arose, in other words, he would stand boldly before the other nations and their false gods, and he would begin to praise the Lord, the only true and living God. And then look what he says. He said, not only, not only will I lift him up before the so-called gods, but then in verses two and three, David said, I'm going to bow down and I'm going to praise his holy name. Hey, David vowed to worship or bow down in the direction of God's temple and praise his holy name. Hey, wherever you are right now, I want you, I want you to point, gather your thoughts together and point toward the temple. I point towards Greater St. Luke Church. That's the temple. Some of y'all are pointing to your left. Others are pointing to your right. Others are pointing straight. I see somebody pointing behind them. Well, it don't matter what direction you pointing. David said, wherever he was, I'm going to bow down in the direction of God's temple and praise. And I'm going to praise his, uh, I'm going to praise his holy name. Well, when I look at what he's praising God for, I just want to talk for a few minutes. When I look at what David is praising God for, he lists five specific reasons for worshiping and praising God. Y'all, it's right here in the text. When you glance at verse number two, David said, I'm a worshiping bow down. First of all, because of the Lord's loving kindness. And so when he speaks of his loving kindness, He's basically speaking of his unfailing covenant love. Uh, time don't allow me to go through it all. But he says, I'm going to praise him because of his uh, loving kindness. Also in verse number two, he says, I'm going to bow down and praise him because of his truth or faithfulness. In other words, he's letting us know that the Lord is true to himself, his holy character and attributes, making him absolutely trustworthy. And then when I keep on reading verse two, fairly he says, I'm about down and praise him because he have exalted his word above all things. And then when I look at verse three, he said, I got another reason to praise him. Well, David, why else are you gonna praise him? He said, because he answers uh, all of my prayers. I'm just wondering if there's anybody that know we serve a prayer answering God. Oh, come on. Somebody ought to shout, I serve a prayer answering God. I know God hears me when I pray. And that's a reason for me to praise him. Also, David says in verse three, he says, I bow down and I praise his holy name because he revived David's soul. In other words, he strengthened him. He encouraged him and made him bold and resolute. How many of y'all know that during this time, God has a way of strengthening you? Have anybody been encouraged by God? Sometimes it could just be a telephone call. 
Sometimes you had to run to the store and pick up something. And the clerk might have said something that had blessed your spirit. God has a way of reviving the souls of his people. And God has a way of strengthening and encouraging. And so David said, I'm going to bow down and I'm going to praise his holy name. And so here's the thought for us. Here's the thought. When we are surrounded by trouble, we often find it difficult to praise the Lord. Instead, if we would be honest, we are tempted to murmur and complain or sometimes even blame God for our challenging circumstances. But like David, my brothers and my sisters, we need to make a fresh commitment to praise the Lord when trouble strikes. Oh, if I could just get the saints to make a commitment that when trouble comes my way, I'm going to lift my head up high and say, somebody ought to shout hallelujah anyhow. When pain is racking in my body, I'm going to say hallelujah. When it look like my God, the devil is messing with my finances and with my children at the same time, I'm going to still give God praise because you have to understand that the presence of trouble in our lives, it does not mean that God has let us down or that God has been unfaithful to us because I told y'all last week, God never changes. And even in our most difficult or painful situation, the Lord's love for us is steadfast and unfailing. And he is still totally trustworthy. He has equipped us with his holy word and the power of his great name. He hears us when we cry out to him and he answers our prayers. And when we are at our lowest point, hey, I want you to know, I don't know who I'm talking to, but if you are at your lowest point, you are at the point where God can bless you because it is doing those times he strengthens and he encourages us to keep on pressing on. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, is there anybody you feel like pressing on? Though trials may come on every hand, I feel like pressing on. Hey, I feel like pressing. Hey, somebody, you need to know that God is worthy. He's always worthy of our praise and uh, of our worship. And when we are overwhelmed by trouble, we should praise him. Hey, watch this. Not just in the confinement of our own homes, but David, he tells us, you ought to praise him before somebody else. Hey, we should fall before him and we ought to worship God. Hey, you ought to get in front of somebody. You ought to tell him in the midst of what I'm going through, you ought to say, look at me. I still got my praise after all I've been through. Anybody have that testimony? After all I've been through, I still have joy. Paul said in Philippians 4 and 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, Brother Joe, after everything you went through, 
Can you tell us something? Well, Job 1 and 20 simply tell us, then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground. He didn't kick and scream and holler, hey, God, why me? But that text says he fell on the ground and he worshiped. He, after losing everything he had, he fell down and worshiped. And then he declared something. He said, naked came out of my mother's womb. And naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Bless it. I want to do somebody got a blessing. Be the name of the Lord. Oh, somebody shout blessed be the name of the Lord. My God, with everything I'm going through, blessed be the name of, of the Lord. In all this, the Bible said, Job, he did not sin out of all this, but he was able to continually to praise the Lord. And so the first thing David would tell us, when you're going through your troubles, make a commitment to keep on praising God. Sometimes that's all you have is your praise. You don't have a lot of money. You don't have a lot of friends. And right now, I don't care how many friends you have. You can't be around them right now. And so don't let nothing or nobody steal your praise. And then secondly, he says, when you are surrounded by trouble, pray for God's coming the kingdom. You see, David prayed earnestly for the other rulers of the earth to believe in the Lord. And although he was praying for the world of his day, his prayer was also prophetic. You have to understand because God's kingdom will not come on earth until Jesus Christ returned. And so his prayer was a prophetic prayer waiting on Jesus Christ to come back. When you look at verse number four, David longed for all the kings of the earth to come to know the Lord as he knew him. And if they would hear his righteous instructions and his truth, they would see the Lord for who he is. And they too would praise him. Can I help y'all real quick? Yeah, that's why it's important that we praise God. Oh, that men would praise him. Because when other people see you praising him, my God, it'll cause them to start praising the God of your salvation. David said, I want the other kings to praise him. And so David said, I'm not going to just tell them to praise him. I'm going to praise him in front of the kings. And then when they inquire of me, why are you praising your God? Then I'll be able to tell them. I'll give them some righteous instructions. Yeah, and I'll lie on the spirit of God because I'm just going to plant the seed. But I'm going to let my praise water it. Uh-oh, that just came to me. Some of y'all done planted all kind of seeds, but your seeds won't grow because you ain't put a praise behind your seed. I dare you to put a praise. And I, when I speak of seed, I'm not just talking about a financial seed. Some of y'all have spoken a word of healing over your own life. Well, I dare you, my God, after you speak that word, keep a praise on it. I don't care how you feel. Keep a praise on it. I'm hurting, but I got to praise. It feel like I'm about to be taken out of here. But God knows if I'm taken out of here, they're going to say he had a praise down on the inside of him. 
And so let me hurry and move on. And so he says, I want the kings. I want the kings to know my God. And so I'm going to praise before the king. And then when you look at verse number five, David prayed that the rulers of the other nations would not only hear God's word, but also learn about his ways. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Some of y'all know the word of God, but I'm wondering, have you experienced the ways of God? I'm going to say it again. You know the word of God. His word is different from his ways. Oh, y'all, come on here. Some of y'all know the word of God, but I want you to know the ways of God. And when I say the ways of God, I'm speaking of I want you to experience God for yourself. It's one thing to read about what God can do, but it's another thing when God does it in your life. Well, I mean, it's one thing to be blessed that you know that God is a healer, but it's another thing when God heals your body. It's one thing to read that God is a way maker, but it's another thing when God opened up a door for you. David said, I want the kings. I want the kings not only to know God's word, but I want them to learn about his ways. And when they utterly understood what God would be like, then they would see God's greatness and they would see God's amazing glory. When you experience the ways of God, hey, you cannot help, my God, but to see the glory of God. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Somebody right now to lift up your hands on ye gates and even lift him up the everlasting door and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Hey, he's the Lord. He's a king of hosts. My God. David says, David says, glory, my God. I feel this thing. He says that when the other kings learn his ways and not just his words, then they're going to understand his greatness. And they're going to understand his amazing glory. And then as a result, watch this, they're going to start singing about his marvelous ways. So now I'm not singing all by myself. Yeah, but I don't prompt somebody else to sing. That's why, y'all, I know we in this pandemic. But come on, dry your eyes up. Stop complaining. Stop mumbling. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Because once you become encouraged in the Lord, then you can encourage somebody else. Never seen the life of so many discouraged folk trying to encourage somebody else. I feel your spirit when you try to encourage me and you, you, you discourage yourself. I need you to keep on praising God. Because if I see you praising God in the midst of what I know you're going through, it can't help but make me throw up my hand and say, God, I give you praise. And I'm wondering right now, is there anybody that'll throw up your hand and say, God, I give you praise. I give you praise in the midst of everything I'm going through. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That's what David says in verse six. Yeah, yeah. He says, when other kings learn about the Lord, they will see where his glory truly was. And in his love for humanity, and though he's highly exalted, yeah, he looks compassionately on the lowly. Yeah, those who will humble themselves and acknowledge him. Well, in contrast, in contrast, he rejects the proud 
all who exalt themselves above him. Yeah, but what a mighty God we serve. No wonder why angels bow before him and heaven and earth adore him. He has been exalted above all, but yet he looks down on little old me. Let me talk about myself. You may think you better than everybody else. So let me talk about myself. He looks down on little old no good, Gary Watkins Sr. Because Paul have already declared there's no good thing in our flesh. There's none good but God himself. And so when the kings will learn it, they're going to exalt the name of the Lord. And so in essence, David prayed as Jesus taught us to pray for God's kingdom to come on earth. Israel, my God, my God, Israel. Yeah, they were waiting on the king. Yeah, but David said, guess what? We got to pray. Let's pray. And David's prayer and our prayer will not be answered until Christ returns to earth to establish his kingdom. But that don't mean we got to stop praying. Keep on praying. Let your kingdom come. Oh, I'm like John now. Even so, Lord, come quickly. I'm enjoying life down here. But God, even so, come quickly. That ought to be our prayer. And then when he does return to earth to establish his kingdom, then he will reign as the king of kings and the lords of lords. And on that day, somebody say on that day, every knee shall bow and every tongue is going to confess him as Lord. And so we got to pray faithfully for that day to come, just as Jesus instructed us. Paul picked it up and said, wherefore God also have highly exalted him and given him a name which is above all names, that at the name, hey, somebody ought to shout Jesus. <laughs> somebody ought to shout Jesus. At the name of Jesus. Yeah, everything on earth and everything in heaven and everything under the earth is going to have to is going to have to bow. Thank God for Jesus. John the Revelator, John the Revelator. Hey, I'm almost finished. But John the Revelator said in John in Revelation 19 and 16, he said, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name is written. And what's on his thigh? Somebody said, that's a tattoo. You call it what you want to call it. My God, but the tattoo is going to read, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. David said in Psalm 72 and 11, yea, all things shall fall down before him. All nations will one day serve him. Psalms 102 and 15. Can I preach the Bible here today? He says, so the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth is going to fear his glory. And so the day is coming. The day is coming that everybody is going to bow. Well, let me get ready to close and see how short I can make the closing. Uh, when you look at verse 7 and 8, the scripture text that I read, David concluded something. He concluded by declaring his confidence in the Lord. David said, when you're going through trouble, uh, you better acknowledge 
your confidence in the Lord. David said God would preserve his life as he walked through the difficult circumstances. God would deliver him from his enemies and God was going to fulfill his divine purpose for both David and Israel. Come on, glance at verse number seven. Verse number seven, David basically was saying, God will protect you. My God, God will protect you. David was confident that the trouble surrounding him would not overtake him. Somebody ought to declare, I'm not going under. Come on, say it with attitude, say it with attitude. Say, I'm not going under. Why? Because God, he's going to protect me. In other words, David said God would revive him. God was going to preserve his life as he walked amid trouble. And then furthermore, he was confident that the Lord would protect him as he faced his enemies. God would fight for David, stretching, stretching forth his mighty hand in his behalf. The right hand of God, which is a symbol of his authority, an unparalleled power, it would deliver him. Come on, Exodus 15 and 6. He's my God. He said, Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, have dashed in pieces the enemy. Exodus 15 and 12. He said, Thou stretched off thy right hand, and the earth swallowed them. How many of y'all know God can protect you? All God needs to do is just stretch forth his right hand. Somebody ought to shout, stretch forth your hand, Lord. Hey, my God, stretch forth your hand. Hey, my body needs healing. Stretch forth your hand, God. I'm having financial difficulty. Stretch forth your hands, God. Hey, my relatives need some help. Stretch forth that right hand. Because in his right hand is glorious power. Yeah, and it dash the enemy. Well, well, I see in verse 8, and then I'm done, then I'm done. He said, not only will he protect you. Uh, somebody need to listen. Not only will God protect you, uh, but God, he will fulfill his purpose for you. David's confidence doing trouble. Watch this was rooted. It was rooted in his unwavering faith in God's ultimate control of his life. You got to learn God is in control of every area of our lives. And he was absolutely sure that the Lord would perfect or complete whatever. Somebody ought to shout whatever. I want y'all to get it. Shout whatever. Come on. <laughs> whatever. Uh, concerned him. David said, in other words, I got that confidence <laughs> that God's going to fulfill purpose in my life because whatever concerns me, I don't care what it is. I don't care what level it's on. I, I, somebody need to catch it. Whatever concerns me, God is going to fulfill purpose in my life. Mm, that he is uh, Oh, God, God's going to do it. Somebody else said, I know he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. Yeah. Whatever concerns you, God's going to do it. Help me preach, Brother Paul. Paul said, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in 
guess what? He's going to perform it uh, until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, uh, nothing can stop God from carrying out, carrying out his plan for your life. That ought to be enough to make you jump up if your clothes was matching and run around your dining room table or run through the kitchen or run outside and come back in. That whatever concerns me, God has already put it in place, my God. And somebody ought to shout, it shall come to pass. And that's the way David felt. I better close. David felt that nothing could stop God from carrying out his plans for David's life and for Israel's life. Yet David's confidence was tied to something even stronger than God's sovereignty. Oh, did you hear what I just said? His confidence. My God, it was tied to something even stronger than God's sovereignty. That's all I really need is God's sovereignty because God is a sovereign God. But David said in this verse, not so. God said, it's, David said it's tied to something stronger. Well, David, help us out because I'm a little confused right now. What David says in the last verse, he says, he is mercy. Somebody ought to say, God, I thank you for your mercy. His mercy, his unfailing love that endures forever. David laid claim on the Lord's unfailing love as he called on God not to forsake him. Who shall separate us from the love of God? In other words, who or what can stop God from loving me? Somebody ought to shout nothing. My God, my God, nothing to stop God from loving us. So we too. And I'm done. I got to bid you farewell here now. But we too, my God, need to be confident in the Lord, confident that he will keep us through all our troubles, no matter how numerous, no matter how severe they may be. I stop back here to tell somebody we serve a God so great that he takes our enemies, evil intentions, and use them to accomplish his plan for us. Come on, Brother Joseph, help me out. Help me out. Joseph said, but as for you, you thought evil against me. Hey, somebody ought to say, but God meant it for my good. Hallelujah. Listen, that's why you're still here. That's why you're still here. They meant it for evil, but somebody ought to shout, God meant it for my good. My God, my God. He did, saints. Yeah. He meant it unto good to bring it to pass. God said, I got to bring it to pass. And as it is this day, hallelujah, my God, God had to hold me, Joseph said. God had to sustain me. God had a plan for my life. God had a purpose for my life. God knew that it was going to be a famine in the land and God was going to use me. After everything I had been through, he said, as for this day, God saved me. 
And the reason God saved me was so I could bless and I could save other lives. Uh, the Lord brings good. I'm finished. I'm closing the book because I feel like preaching. The Lord brings good from evil. I, I need y'all to say something. Listen to me. The Lord brings good from evil. He don't cause evil. God is not evil. But understand with all this evil going on in the world, God is still going to bring good out of all this evil. You don't have to believe me if you don't want to. And he's going to work everything together for our good. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Well, my brothers and my sisters, never allow fear, never allow doubt to rule or take control of your spirit. Never. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Don't ever allow words of doubt to escape your lips. Trust in God. He, Abraham, <laughs> I'm trying to close. Standing not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in the faith, giving glory to God. What shall we then say to these things? <laughs> if God be for us, who can be against us? And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. And he will preserve me until his heavenly kingdom. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear as though wars should rise up against me. In this will I be confident. I'm done. Why? Because the Lord shall be thy confidence. I, I, I have no confidence within myself, but the Lord shall be my confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. God said, I'm not going to let you slip up. If you put your confidence in me and continue to praise me in the midst of all of your troubles, when praises go up, blessings got to come down. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Hallelujah. Boy, I just want to encourage your hearts. When you're going through your troubles, make a renewed commitment to praise the Lord with your whole heart. Don't slack up. Pray for God's coming kingdom. And then always acknowledge your confidence in the Lord. God, I thank you now for your word. Shared with your people what you placed on my heart to share. God, I love your word. I trust your word. God, I thank you because in the midst of trouble, mm, we can still bless your name. 
we can still give thanks in everything. And God, we pray for your kingdom to come. We pray for your will to be done in every situation in life. Even those that we do not understand, God, we know what our will is. But God, we pray for your will to be done because our confidence is in you. Mm. And we know that you make no mistakes and we know, God, that you're too kind to be unjust. And God, we know through the Psalmist David that everything that concerns us, it also concerns you. And you made us and you know all about us. And so you know what's best for our lives. And so God, right now, we acknowledge our confidence in you. God, we acknowledge that without you, we're absolutely nothing. Without you, we fail. God, we acknowledge that we need you every step of the way, every breath that we take. We acknowledge, God, that it's your breath. And so, God, we give you praise. Help us, God, to lift you up before the so-called gods of this world, that they may see our praise and that they will magnify our God. Help us to bow down before your holy name, bow towards the direction of your temple, God, and continue to give you praise. God, help us to praise you right where we are. Yee, help us to praise you right where we are in the midst of every circumstance and every situation. And God, we say thank you and we praise you. God, if there's anybody that don't know your darling son, Jesus Christ, as a personal Savior, God, I pray that you would uh, save them before it's too late. Save them, God, before it's too late. They cannot come unless you draw them. God, please draw them before it's too late. Let them declare that the life of sin too long I've wronged. But God, I'm coming home because all, chill, all souls belong to you, oh God. And God, I pray that if there's one, that you would save them before it's too late. In the name of Jesus. There may be somebody that's here today, somebody else that's listening on Facebook, somebody that's listening on YouTube, somebody that's listening, however you're listening. There may be somebody who's saying, you know, preacher, I don't have Jesus in my life. I have not accepted him in my life. And today is the day, today is the day that I'm declaring that the life of sin, too long I've roamed, but God, I'm coming home. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Well, I want you to know here today, it's very simple. All you have to do is just admit that you're a sinner. Acknowledge Jesus Christ. Accept him into your heart. You must believe that he is the son of God and that he died. They buried him. He rose on the third day. He ascended back to heaven. He sits on the right hand of the father to make intercession for you. But he's coming back to receive you. You have to believe that. And then you have to confess your sins to the Lord. You confess them to the Lord. He already knows about them. You can't hide nothing from him. But you confess your sins to the Lord. And the Bible says he's faithful and he's just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. So today, this hour, this second, this second, you can become a new creature in Jesus Christ. Every eye closed and every head bowed. And if there's a sinner, if there's a sinner, if there's a sinner, if there's a sinner and you wanna, you, you, you wanna repeat after me the sinner's prayer,
Say, dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you gave your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and he shed his precious blood on the cross at Calvary, and he died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sins. You said in your word that if we confess the Lord, Jesus Christ, that you are faithful and you are just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Now, God, I confess my sins. I believe that he died for my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you made that decision and if you repeated that prayer, I just need you to do one other thing. I want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. This is not church membership, but I want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. And I want you to let me know that I've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. Go to our website, www.greaterstlukecogic.com. Go to our website. It's here on the screen. And go to the contacts. Email us. Email us. Put, put, it, put it in the email. That I, I've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. Email us. I want to respond back to you personally. Amen. I want to respond back to you personally. I want to send you some information in regards to your new life in Jesus Christ. You are a new creature as of right now. God has taken all your sins. He's thrown them into a sea of forgiveness to remember them no more. You are a new creature and I want to hear from you. God bless you and may heaven shine on you. Let all the people of the Lord say amen. What a blessing.